0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and we've got news for you today. Not a lot of news, but some news. But before we get to that, it is a freezing 81 degrees in Phoenix. Just to give you an idea, earlier this week, it was 113. Yesterday, it rained. Today, which is on Saturday, it rained. It is 81 degrees as I'm speaking to you right now. So I did the most logical thing that I could think of, and I made myself a hot toddy because it is downright freezing compared to where it has been and where it will be later this week. So I'm going to take advantage and I made a hot toddy. Normally I have water when I record this or maybe some um, lukewarm tea with lemon in it. But tonight I'm celebrating with a hot toddy. And if you stay until the end of the show, I will give you my hot toddy recipe just in case any of you out there in, in the world are celebrating a cold snap. Uh, Before we get into the news, this is the 250th episode of this podcast. I am very pleased by this number. Honestly, I didn't think I would make it this far when I started the podcast, so uh, it brings me tremendous joy, which is another reason why I'm celebrating. All right, let's get to the news. It's been a while since we've talked about Faraday Future. I used to talk about this company a lot during the early days of this podcast, like all the time. So, if you've never heard of this company, let me give you the rundown real quick, just bullet points. The company was founded in 2014. At that time, or at least pretty early on, they already had around a 1,000 employees, which was pretty insane. They had a deal to build a $1 billion factory in North Las Vegas to produce their vehicles. In 2016, they showed off the FF91 at CES. And they gave a little self-driving demonstration. And it was for the time, it was very impressive. It had the car has LIDAR and cameras and things. And it navigated a simulated parking lot. And it did it did end up hitting a parked car during the demonstration, but still a pretty impressive demonstration. At this CES event, I, b- I believe it was at the CES event, if I'm remembering remembering correctly. Don't quote me on that though. They announced that the vehicle was going to cost about $180,000 for the Alliance Edition, which is insane. That's more than the Lucid Air Dream Edition by about $11,000. So the FF91, a very expensive vehicle. Not long after that, they had some issues, financial issues. They had to scrap the North Las Vegas plant. They did eventually set up a shop in a factory in Hanford, California. And then after that, for me, they just kind of dropped off the map. Um, I saw little stories about them here and there, but I didn't give much credence to it. Well, Faraday Future has merged with a SPAC, which is special acquisition company, similar to what Lucid Motors is doing. They just got approved, approved to merge with CCIV. But back to Faraday Future, they merged with this SPAC, and that netted them nearly a billion dollars in funding. And they're now listed under the New York Stock Exchange as FFIE. But this billion dollars allows them to start producing the FF91 vehicles sometime in 2022. Uh, The Faraday Future 81, or the FF81, which will be a lower cost version of the 91, will be produced in 2023, according to Faraday Future. And the FF71, which they didn't give many details about, but presumably presumably, it's an even lower cost, and that will be produced sometime in 2024. So yeah, Faraday Future seems to be back. We'll see if they're able to actually get a vehicle produced at this point, but still exciting news for that company, so congratulations to them. We all know that social media can be great, but at times it can just be awful. So I'm going to give you a little EV slash social media story here. A Ford Mach-E owner got a little surprise when they went to pick up their pre-ordered Mach-E. What was the little surprise, you asked? Well, it was a $10,000 documentation fee. This dock fee was in addition to the $6,837.99 license, title, and registration fee. Now the owner did post something to Reddit and said, Hey, what's up with this $10,000 dock charge? But instead of freaking out, they actually went to the dealer and the dealer said, Oh, it's a software glitch and the fee was removed. Now there are still people on Twitter after this has been corrected, um, posting, you know, would you rather pay $10,000 in dock fees or would you rather buy full self driving and talking a bunch of mad, you know what about Ford? Now, Ford has dealers, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't trust dealers as, as, at all, not even a little bit. I just don't trust them. But the the matter has been updated and has been resolved. So if you see somebody, you know, talking about this stuff on social media or if they're just talking about it in general, you know, you have the information to now correct them. Now, having said that, I don't believe it was a software glitch. I think the dealer was trying to get away with something because I don't trust dealers. Rivian is planning a second assembly plant with battery production in the United States. This is according to four people familiar with the matter. Count them one, two, three, four, four people familiar with the matter. The project has been dubbed Project Terra. Now I'm guessing this has something to do with maybe like terraforming, like the whole vibe that Rivian has, one with nature and all that good stuff. But it also probably has to do with, you know, terra factories, just like Tesla's, planning terra factories in terms of the battery output for that factory. We should hear more in a few months about Rivian's plans, and they should break ground sometime next year on this new factory. Now, I know for a fact that Rivian tests their vehicles here in Arizona. I also know that Canoe also tests their vehicles here in Arizona at the same place that Rivian does. So I really hope that Rivian picks Arizona. Since they're already doing testing here, you might as well just come here and and hang out. One more quick bit about Rivian is they have raised another two and a half billion dollars in funding, which puts them somewhere around ten point nine billion dollars total in funding overall. So pretty impressive. And they're planning on going public soon. So they're exploring that option, which I'm sure they will do. And everybody will collect money and RJ and the crew will be very wealthy when it's all said and done with. If you're hearing my voice right now, there is a very good chance that there is an ad in this episode. If you don't want to listen to ads or you don't want to listen to this particular message, become a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt to learn more. All right, let's jump into our Tesla news A year or so ago, Tesla bought Maxwell Technology, and for the longest time, we all thought, or the collective community thought, that it was for Maxwell's ultra-capacitor technology. Basically, if you don't know, when you go from zero to 60, it doesn't take that energy directly from the battery. What happens is these ultra-capacitors get filled up with energy, and then when you need to really hit the gas, like when you're showing off to a friend or you're trying to avoid getting into an accident that energy comes, that instant energy comes from the capacitors more than it does the battery, for instance. So we thought, or I thought, I'll just say me, thought that the reason why was for the ultra capacity. And then as a bonus, they got this dry electrode tech battery technology, which is safer technology overall. Well, turns out Tesla wasn't so interested in the the ultra capacitors, although I'm sure they probably took their fair share of technology from this side of the business they're actually just going to sell off the ultra capacitor business overall so you know right now it's all about the dry electrode uh, which is to say for right now it's about the 4680 battery cell the model 3 and model y long range are getting another price increase the model 3 long range now costs $49,990 which is a thousand dollars more than it did you know, previous to this recording Uh, at the beginning of the year, though, the model three long range only cost $46,990. The model Y long range now costs $53,990, which is a thousand dollars more at the beginning of the year. The model Y long range costs $49,990. So a pretty hefty price increase overall for both of these vehicles. Up next, the Westport Police Department in Connecticut bought a Model 3 in 2019. They placed it in service in 2020, February 2020 to be precise, as a police cruiser. In the first year of service, the department was able to recoup the purchase of the vehicle, and it actually ended up saving the, the city money. The Model 3 is actually so good at saving the city money that in four years, they will save enough money just in maintenance alone to purchase another Model 3 police cruiser. So this is due in part to reduced maintenance, fuel costs, and then they can also run this vehicle two consecutive patrol ships without it needing to be recharged. So that's pretty impressive. And it's much more economical than the Ford Explorers that they were driving around for these vehicles. And keep in mind that police cars need lights, they need radios, they need computer hookups, mounts. When I say radios, I mean radios to communicate from car to car and car to dispatch, that kind of thing. The back seat needs to be taken out and replaced with a plastic seat and a barrier. So it separates the officers from the folks in the back. So this just proves that it's more than possible for police departments and other city fleets to operate electric vehicles and it'd be way more efficient and cost effective than operating ICE cars, for instance. All right, we have a new segment of the show and it is called Elon tweeted. So here we go. The Model 3 and Model Y with full self-driving will receive the auto shift detection feature. So, basically, the car looks around you and it decides whether or not you want to go forward or back. So, if you're in the garage and you pulled in, you know, nosed into the garage, it looks at the the, the area around you and it's like, hey, there's a wall in front of me, but there's a big open space behind me. So, I'm going to guess just based on, you know, what you've done in the past and what I see in front of me that you want to go into reverse. Now, it is possible that the vehicle is going to get it wrong, which is fine because you can change it on the screen, or you have the little stock on the side of the steering wheel for Model Three and Model Y owners, where you can change it there as well. And that concludes our Elon has tweeted segment of the show. Now let's talk about Model S deliveries real quick. Model S deliveries have been put on hold. We don't know why. Don't jump to any conclusions. Some people are saying because one caught on fire, but in the end, we really don't know why they put these deliveries on hold. So what I, I guess what I'm saying is is don't assume or make a a hasty judgment on this because it might be something stupid like they can't get the right chips right now things are crazy if like 20 of the model y uh, model s plaids had caught on fire then by all means we can make a safe judgment but one we don't know last week we talked briefly about the full self-driving subscription and i mentioned that it was more expensive than i thought it would be and that it's too expensive, basically, for where FSD is now. It's a long way f- from level five autonomy. Someone did point out on Twitter, not to me specifically, but on Twitter, they said Elon always said that it was going to make more financial sense to buy full self-driving and long term, the subscription would, would, it doesn't make financial sense. And this is true, and I should have made this point last week because I did know that information, but for whatever reason, that just didn't enter into my filter as I was talking to you guys about that stuff. I still maintain, though, that we need other automakers to compete with Tesla on autonomous driving to keep the costs lower. Right now, Tesla is the only game in town in terms of where they're at in full self-driving. And we can see that they're not lowering the price out of the kindness of their hearts. So, we need competition to help lower those costs. Not keep them down to zero, but to lower them to something that's affordable. $10,000, in my mind, is a lot of money for full self-driving, especially where it is now. I should mention that I don't have a Tesla, and I haven't ridden in a Tesla with FSD Beta 9. Uh, And actually, I haven't ridden in a Tesla since Sierra and Brad were here, so that was a Quite a few months ago, so I haven't had a chance to see where it is now as compared to where it was then. I'm sure they've made great strides, and I don't want to make it sound like I hate full self driving or I don't think it's a good product because I actually do. I just don't think it's where it should be for that price. All right, let's talk about the good news of FSD subscription, and that is that you can add it or cancel it whenever you want. So if you're going on uh, summer trips, you can add it. Tesla's not going to lock you into any long term contract. And so if you only need it for a month, great, you cancel it. Just make sure to cancel the next month. Otherwise, you're going to hit with that big $200 ticket again. I mean, you still get to use full self-driving at that point. So I think that's that, that's a fair use for full self-driving. And I'm glad that Tesla isn't locking anybody into anything. And I don't think I mentioned this last week, but if you had hardware 2.5, in order to upgrade to hardware 3, you had to pay $1,500. Tesla has now reduced that retrofit down to a $1,000. Which, you know, is still something you got to think about when you're you're planning out uh, your budget and whether or not you want to spend $1,000 to pay a $200 a month subscription fee for. However, if you choose to do that, and I can see plenty of reasons why you would want to, uh, you can just schedule the upgrade in your app, in your Tesla app, and you're good to go. Pretty cool. Very, very easy. All right everybody, that is it. That is our show for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening. I did promise you my hot toddy recipe, so here we go. It's real simple. I take a very large coffee cup. I put water in it, obviously. I use black cherry tea and then I put it in the microwave cuz, you know, I want to make British people angry at me. And then uh once it's nice and hot, I'll pour bourbon in it and then honey and lemon and a lot of honey. And not a lot of bourbon, I'll be honest with you. And then I stir all that up, and then I enjoy it slowly while I record a podcast. So pretty cool stuff. All right, that is quite enough of me wasting your time here. I want to thank everybody for listening to this show. You can email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital. You can find me on Twitter, at 918digital. My DMs are open. I'm happy to chat with anybody. And yeah, that's it. I hope everybody has a great week. Next week it's the Q Tesla Q2 2021 earnings call. This thing's going to happen on a Monday, which is really good news because normally I only have a day or two to put this thing out for you. This allows me time to actually take my time chopping up the recording and actually doing some other than a quick Google to make sure that I'm not wrong on something. So, um having said that, if the show is done on Tuesday, I'm going to release it on Tuesday, and that'll just be the show for that week instead of re- waiting till Friday, because it doesn't really seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to, to make you wait until Friday to get this episode. that episode. All right, everybody, have a great week. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you.